0: Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat builders, visit AbyssBattery.com.
1: After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought. What's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at MintMobile.com/waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
0: So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins, and that reason is simple: is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting.
1: It brings awareness to to non-hunters
0: A feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Alexei Lumna is essentially the voice behind the person behind Blood Origins Finland. But Alexei has dived extremely deeply into the wolf issues in Finland, yes. Finland, France, Norway, Spain, Germany all have wolf issues. And when you dive into it, you will find that they are very similar to what we are encountering here in the US. Essentially, the timeline of all of these wolf conflicts are exactly the same. And each of these countries happen to just be at different time segments along this broader timeline of wolf management. Alexei has a deep seated. Uh, ideology tied to wolves and has been investigating it in Finland for the last 12 to 18 months. And so I wanted to have him on to have a very deep dive discussion about wolf management in Finland and how that almost resonates globally with this idea of wolves and wolf management in many different societies around the world. Are you sitting in a closet?
2: No, uh, it's a children's room, but we're like drying laundry in the roof because, you know, it's a small apartment and we don't want to have that like thingy on the living room. So we're here.
0: It's such an amazing dichotomy, right? I mean, uh, I remember being in Germany and Austria and Denmark, specifically Denmark. was my re- latest opportunity to be in Europe with David maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. How the apartment living is just—it's European, right? Yeah. It's just not something that here is in is America. It's all houses, right? Houses, mm-hmm. big lots, and stuff. It's it's
2: houses in the countryside here too, but like the housing or the apartment prices in Helsinki are so like ridiculous that we are going to have to like figure our way around that. I don't have a—I can't afford the space that I need.
0: You need to tell your wife that uh, we're going to become nomads. Ah, yeah. to live out in the yeah, countryside yeah. of Finland. Definitely, we've got I'm... so much land in Finland. Come on, I'm working on it. Trust me. <laughs> so tell me, um, how many memes did you get of <laughs> this this incredible Finnish individual that decided to chop an ice uh, a hole in the ice and? with an axe lower himself with an axe and lower himself into it and um, what did you have wine or a beer no that's whiskey
2: whiskey obviously oh even
0: better man that even makes you more of a man
2: I don't know some might some might think that I'm compensating something with the photo but yeah so we're we're talking about the f- photo that I have put up in Instagram, but it's actually like a, it's not a recent one. It's it's the, a photo that I took a couple of years ago with my wife when we were we were still dating, and we wanted to make something cool out of it. And I think that it turned turned out pretty pretty good.
0: So if you want to take to a look at it. Really- you made some really cool photographs back then. Your wife had just given birth, and she was in this like huge camo suit, and oh, yeah, took like too. her photographs of her breastfeeding. And
2: mm. yeah, that's a, that's like a hobby of ours. Like she's she's quite an artist, like working as an architect. And it's actually like how we met originally. Like she asked me to to teach her something about like editing photo, photographs. I've been doing photography for quite a while at that time, so that's what brought us together. So we've, we've been having this kind of like joint projects.
0: Amazing. N- not not Amazing. that many
2: lately because like the life is quite busy with two kids now, but,
0: but we're still still getting it on. Have you fixed that problem or you're still going to have multiple kids after these two? I think I'm done. She's not. We'll have to settle that,
2: that one too. So.
0: <laughs> well, Alexia Lumna uh welcome to the blood origins podcast welcome back my friend thank you great to great to be here again it's amazing how far we've come already i know since we first talked
2: yeah it's i don't know the last few years are are all a blur but but i think it was a year and a half ago or two years ago when i when i sent you a message that i like your stuff like should we do something together i still
0: do hell yeah i still like your stuff my friend and i'm a huge fan of yours and thank you for leading the charge in blood origins finland you are our man on the ground in finland uh with big 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 plans yeah
2: i think you think something needs to be done to to like survive this this uh, discussion culture that we have in the in internet like everywhere it's the same in finland too so so i really want to be a part of of something something positive Something that that has like some sort of positive effect on on Finnish hunting culture and and maybe like global hunting culture, if if possible.
0: So, just for some context, before we dive into the topic that we are going to discuss, which is a controversial topic worldwide, mm-hmm. um, give us a little bit of context to Finnish hunting culture. Is it something that is hunting is something that is. Deeply ingrained in Finnish people in Finnish culture, just mm-hmm. give us some context
2: well it's a like nordic Nordic country cold most of the year pretty rough uh place to like settle back in the like beginning of time so yeah it, it originally obviously has been in, like hunter hunter gatherer culture and actually like, yeah has been that f- until quite recently so so, like almost like fifty years ago, I think there were still quite many people that relied on on hunting, not as a like hunter gatherer as as your like image might be, but but as a like a part of ag- agriculture maybe. So so, hunting has been a reliable source of meat for for people like as long as they've been living here, like the the game that was living in, in this area brought people here that's mm-hmm. that's the origin mm-hmm. origin story of of Finland and slowly of course as is the case everywhere we've like started to live in the cities it's that development is also quite recent in, in Finland so well, maybe like 50 60 years we've been like moving into cities mostly and that has had the same effect to to hunting culture that it's has everywhere so there are more people that that haven't had the chance to get in touch with hunting and uh, recently like again at the same time when the development has turned people into cities maybe the hunting culture turned in inwards i think this is a Mm. thing that happened Mm. has happened elsewhere too but but here it became kind of closed and this like moose hunting Groups that are have been the backbone of, of Finnish like hunting clubs for 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 the for the last fifty years. They didn't like open themselves for new people, so it was right. it was it was very hard to get familiar with hunting. So I think that we we we're now seeing the development that that has started, but but the tide has turned. I think that this kind of mm, Stagnant period of, of, of Finnish hunting culture has turned into something new. Now that people are, are living in the cities and people like me have like grown tired of, of like modern hectic life and are looking for something more original, something more like real, some connection to the food that they eat. There has been a new uh, interest in hunting here, and the problem now is that. They, obviously the hunting crowns are somewhere else than than in the cities and and we we're slowly opening up the clubs and slowly they are starting to invite more people in and and let more people to to see what this
0: all is about and I so guess the like, barrier of entry to hunting you say is you know used to be quite difficult essentially like it is in America, but now you're seeing a little bit of a crack in the door people are starting to exactly. Exactly. Mm.
2: Yeah. I think that it is because like originally it was like from the father to the son kind of like transfer. So when you were living in the countryside and there wasn't much else to do, it was automatic. So the hunters didn't have to think about things like like recruitment or or getting new people in. It it kind of happened automatically. But now that that sons are uh, moving to cities and and uh, hunters started to realize that, oh oh, their daughters might have been interested in hunting too there's there's necessary change that is is now now happening on that
0: do you um is there some do you, are you familiar with any surveys in Finland of mm-hmm. um, thoughts to hunting? Is yeah. hunting considered something that is um is good like do the majority of finnish people agree with hunting for meat has somebody done that kind of uh, research or surveying
2: yeah they, they have and they have like uh, they've done surveys on uh, in 86 94 2004 and 2013 i think there was even more recent ones somewhere but at least like there are those studies and the kind of the surprising thing is that the the um, the the people are uh, seeing hunting more positively as time goes by and that's that's kind of a that's a, that's a bit of a contra, contradictory uh, result to what you might intuitively think. Exactly. Like like, like you would think that now the people are, f- are far removed from from hunting that they would start all to right. agree with it more, but that's not what the studies say. They say that it is more acceptable. I think that the last study said that I think two percent of Finnish or the other people that were participating in the survey uh, thought. That hunt that they see hunting as very negative thing. Uh, 8%, really, two percent. Two percent, yeah. Eight percent saw that that it's somewhat uh, somewhat negative, and the rest was uh, neutral or or positive. So, you need to
0: send us that. You need to send us that article. I, we'll I definitely will. Make an infographic will. about it.
2: I definitely will going to have to do some that translation is. it's in finnish but but yeah that is that that, that what you don't a trust to me, my
0: too. you don't trust my finnish uh, i don't know
2: i don't know we, we could we can turn this discussion into finnish and see how it is so the <laughs> so the listeners can get it get a taste too so
0: <laughs> oh uh, man no that's a that's outstanding it's mm-hmm. um it's a bright light in today's society that uh yeah that we constantly have this we have this thing in America right now, and it, and it's valid. I'm not going to say it's invalid, but mm-hmm. there's a little, a lot more credence being given to social values, social mm-hmm. discussion around hunting versus the use of science to mm-hmm. determine whether it's legitimate or not. And I get it, right? You you have to have social acceptance in our society uh, for things to happen. Um, science is being left by the wayside so it's you know studies like that surveys like that are incredible tools Mm -hmm. incredible pieces of information Mm -hmm. to validate that social acceptance of of hunting
2: yeah i guess like what's what's also happening uh, is a a, found a term called like i think it was pluralistic ignorance that's going on do you know the term like do you know what what it's about Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so the idea is that um when there's a vocal minority trying to convey something it might it might very well be that the majority starts to think that that minority opinion actually is a ma- majority and they turn their own thinking towards that they, they started even though they would privately even even though my majority would privately think that that's not the case like it's it sounds weird to me they still believe that they're alone with these thoughts and they therefore start to think that this minority actually is majority and i think that that's that that's going on with hunting in finland at least that i believe that it's it's a broader topic so so the vocal minority is so violently against hunting that two percent is so so uh it, it sees hunting so uh, like such in in such a negative light that they they are, they are a lot more vocal about it than anyone anyone else and that may turn the majority to think that okay this might be a general general thing i actually thought when i started hunting that 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 uh, people in finland now take it negatively but that's not true it's like i haven't encountered that
0: apart from like some social media sites mhm mhm that's interesting that's interesting so the reason i wanted to that you know obviously for 12 minutes now we've been talking about <laughs> not the topic that i want to talk about which is yeah. great it's amazing uh, the reason I wanted to have you on is because one of the most controversial topics in the world, mm-hmm. when it comes to wildlife uh, management as well as hunting, is this uh, this beautiful thing called the wolf. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people think that the wolf issues are a purely North American issue, mm-hmm. but it <laughs> extends it extends globally. And Spain yes. is having some wolf issues, but Finland itself has had a significant. Uh, increase in its wolf populations and some significant interactions therein.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, Alexi, you decided that you wanted to take this on, like essentially, you know, put a hammer to the nail in mm-hmm. Finland. And you dedicated an entire podcast series mm-hmm. to the wolf itself and the discussion and debate of the wolf itself. Um, so I, I guess let me just again set up the context for us in terms of wolves in Finland. And then I want to prod and poke about what essentially you found.
2: Yeah, sure thing. Uh, the wolf population was quite strong until the like nineteenth uh, century, so eighteen. And 80s. when you say how
0: strong, are we talking what what population? Thousands,
2: are we thousands. I'm thousands. I'm not like I don't have the exact numbers here, but it was a it was a thing that people were were living with and fighting, fighting against on a, on a like regular basis. It was a problem for agriculture, and it was a hated animal then. So it was uh, originally, or when there was a strong wolf population in Finland, it was still in a different position than, the, for example, bears that didn't, did or, or they did... Uh, Awaken these more positive feelings. This kind of like king of the forest, respect and all that. But wolves, for some reason that that the uh, research hasn't been fully able to identify, the wolf has always been at like like the the um, crook of the story. The the I mean, they they've always been been the hated hated one. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the the problems got like big on 1880 80 i think when there was uh, like th- there was 20, 22 confirmed child kills by by wolf so that there was
0: 22 like, confirmed child kills in the early 80s, yeah, late yes. 1800s yes
2: exactly and those were uh, the those are some people are still like like debating or they they try to they d- deny that they, they ever happened but but like as far as like the history goes or as far as you can like investigate history those are like the confirmed cases confirmed from multiple sources and 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 there are like enough proof that they they did happen it was most likely it wasn't on a small area so it was most likely one wolf pack that did did all this but what happened in finland then was that they r- rose like, like na- national interest or national uh we need to do something kind of attitude mm-hmm. where where the government issued uh bounties on on wolves or increased bounties on wolves they they got uh russian wolf hunters to help with the issue so the, so that the wolf wolves, wolves could be could be called or or like killed get to get rid of them and with huge like great effort the end result was that that uh, wolf got practically extinct in Finland. There was like only like individual wolves. Very very monster. akin to the North American situation. Yeah, I think I think yeah. that's that's pretty much the case everywhere. And um, things were uh, wolf was a, a pest basically. It was a kill on site kind of animal for for most of the of the twentieth century. And in 1917s, the attitude started to change. The the uh, this kind of animal. Uh, rights activism got rise and, and some people started to question this this attitude and that's the that's the root root of the of the current situation also mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and from that date the, the next big change happened in 1995 when finland joined eu and tried to negotiate what kind of uh, rules are there in the finnish area for um, wolf management and uh, we have like two areas now based on those discussions. We have the reindeer area, which has a lighter protection, and then the rest of the Finland, which is in which a wolf is a, is a strictly protected species. So after that, uh, the the population started to slowly rise and uh, the encounters with wolves, the problems with wolves also started to, to rise also. But since the legislation was very strict... There, like Finland, didn't have an opportunity to do, do decisions ourselves mm. on what we're going to do. Them, it was they were di- dictated by the by the EU. There has been a few uh, calling periods where where part of the population has been called, but th- those have been like very strongly criticized, and they have been. Uh, I think that there are also like decisions from the EU court that they were illegal according to to. EU
0: legislation. So you could essentially think of the EU like the federal government of the US that's and Finland being it, essentially yeah. a state, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exactly it. the same model as here. The federal exactly. government telling the states how they need to manage their resources and the yeah. states yeah. are dealing with the resources but don't have the uh, don't have the authority to manage them.
2: And let me just guess that this this is not very well, well received in the in the US states either, like that that's like someone else. Trying to force you to, to like deal with your own business in a way that you, that you're not able to affect. I mean that that give, gives people oh, quite a lot. Especially the
0: agricultural sector,
2: yeah, you know, for and, sure, absolutely. And, and hunters, because like the one thing that I wanted to mention in in this like Finnish hunting culture is that that hunting dogs have a very big role in in here, and we have a lot of like like um, I wouldn't say wild wilderness area because it's it's like. Mm, the forest that we have goes to to forest industry most likely, so it's not exactly wild, but but it's very like thick, so we don't have like wild wide open spaces here uh, in the right, south right. of Finland. So dogs are super important in in hunting here, and especially the kind of dogs that that work afar from from the hunters, and those dogs obviously are in in danger when there are like wolves in the area. So yeah, agriculture and hunters are, are against wolves. But you also mentioned that, that the, there's an idea that this is only like local issue or this is North, North American issue or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that. But that's, that's the funny thing that, I've, that I discovered quite soon when I was doing the podcast is that that almost every country that has a wolf issue thinks that it's it's individual issue to, to their country. That's one of the wow. That And there's, there's been studies of that too where they studied Norwegian uh, situation and French situation and both countries had the same story that our hunters, our uh, farmers are worse than others. Everyone else gets along with wolves and we are the bad ones on that one but that's not true. Like the problems that wolves cause and the problems that people cause are similar everywhere so so mm. it seems to me that wolves they they press some primal button in in people it touches something so deep that it's the the reactions are pretty much same everywhere if you punch a person in finland and if you punch a person in 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 united states you are going to get somewhat like predictable
0: results it's the same <laughs> thing so uh you know better than me Wolves are are. I don't know how much research. I'm thinking should wolves are in Spain, mm-hmm. Germany. You said they're in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in Norway. Yep. Poland. They're, uh, yeah.
2: Poland. Yeah, definitely there. But I, I to, I, I focused very much on like the Finnish situation. I know like the international situation. But I don't know the exact numbers, but, but, but yeah, it, they are since they are a protected species in all of. Like Europe, where they have originally lived, which is pretty much all of Europe. Uh, so, so they are spreading like everywhere, and and in some countries the the uh, population is is quite strong. For example, one of the one of the mantras is that that why is it that there's so much more? I think that there are some thousand full wolves in in Italy, and mm. th- that then there's a, a like an, another mantra is that why is it that the Italians get along? With, with wolves, even though there's a lot lot more of them than there are of, of Finnish people and they have a lot more wolves. We have uh, some three to three to four hundred three to 500 wolves here in Finland so much to, to today. So, so not that big a population compared to Italy, for example so intuitively you would think that that the problem is ours like there's not many people but but usually people ignore the the demographics or the or the or the way or where, where and and how people live there isn't the kind of wilderness in finland that there are in in alps for example so these kind of differences make like or explain the 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 amount of, of wolves that are able to live somewhere without people interaction yeah exactly exactly and and the finnish mentality i think i don't know if if you know anything about it or or the listeners know anything about it but we are seen as quite uh, alone these we're not like the the party goers of 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 the world if 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 that's the stereotype we like to live like in our with our own like selves we have to have this personal space let's just say that and that also means that that our uh, habitat are basically like everywhere. We like there aren't any places where people wouldn't live. And that means that there aren't any places for the wolf to live
0: without human mm-hmm. interaction. And that's what the, that's mm-hmm. where the problem is, is coming from. spread yeah. out on the landscape. Yes. Yeah. You know, even though, even though Finland has a ton of land and a ton yeah. of forest, yeah, yeah. there's also humans scattered all the way throughout it. Exactly. That's the case. That's so the- what did you, um through your podcasting sort of journey, What are some of the take-home messages that you found as it came to the sort of acceptance of wolves or Mm. the lack of acceptance of wolves between different sectors of society? Um,
2: I think it like what I what I mostly learned about was about the nature of the of the conflict itself, like the the answers or or the like the scientific questions of of how many wolves are there and all that? They're fairly simple because you can like study that, but uh, but because the wolf conflict is mostly between humans, that's what makes things difficult. So, so when it comes to acceptance, for example, there, the one of the big problems.
0: Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, that is an interesting statement. I don't want to make sure we. I want mm-hmm. to make sure we hammer it. The wolf conflict is is mainly between humans in 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 this of
2: course like the the wolf has a role in it but the conflict part is made up by humans and and humans with different like moral foundations so it seems to me it, it seems clear to me now that there are like people or people have different kind of like moral foundations and this this might sound that 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 some people have bad morals and some people have good morals but obviously that's it's more complicated than that i'm I'm a big fan of of uh jonathan hyde's height moral foundations theory where they where they found out that there are like five or six different moral foundations that dif- different people view differently they, those are like some people uh, based their moral on care and fairness. For example, they are they want to protect, they want to take care of the weak, they want that their the their treatment is fair. And uh, some people uh, address all six moral foundations, which which include like authority, sanctity, loyalty, and and liberty also. And one, when people look at the same issue from different moral foundations, they make immediate like decisions on what's what's right and wrong and they don't see that other people's like right and wrong are based on a little different moral foundations mm-hmm. there are and that puts us like that pits us against each other and that yeah. turns the thing into like a high conflict it's a it's a, like a tar pit that sucks us in and and it kind of has it, it, it takes the meaning it takes life of, of its own we're not like a, when when we're talking about wolves between Like people we're not actually talking about wolves most of the time it we're talking about like some some other needs we are talking about us versus them situation where we have to fight against the bad people and that's that's that that became like very clear to me so the situation might seem as a simple uh human versus animal kind of situation but once you get to look at it the conflict has clearly people in it who have gotten sucked into the high conflict and are unable to get out. And that's that's the like somewhat complex but the but the truth of Mm. the of the
0: issue. It's a very fascinating piece, right? Because as you said, this wolf inherently when you dig down to the root of it, It elicits this, as you said, this this foundational morality mm-hmm. that we either what we and we'll, and it sort of exposes what we truly believe in, and it, and it's putting that against one another. Um, and again, it's just using the wolf as the as the mechanism to explore those moralities, and it's almost you can see why it's the most controversial thing out there. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the biggest thing that we have as humans. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are
2: inclined to, to this kind of us versus them situations. We're, we're, that's, that's a human characteristic. That's what we are. And when we see a wolf, we either see it as a, a weaker animal or weaker being, not even an animal, a living being that we want to like protect and that is attacked by them. Or we see wolf as a threat to our our lifestyle, or we see it as a threat to our like very being and we want to protect our own packs. We want to protect our families, our livelihoods so we want to like protect everything that that, that makes us. And then, if there's this someone some other them who want to protect the wolf, they are then against us and once we like we don't see this this underlying like understory here that 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 this is what's what's happening if we don't respect that, that turns things really ugly and once the the needs that the these like different points of view views have don't get heard, people like shout them louder mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and as this like non-listening goes forward the the pressure rises and the, oh. the shouting rises and finally it kind of detaches from reality like then it's just like them is just a caricature caricature that doesn't it doesn't like it, it isn't true anymore like you're very familiar with the with the threats that that people throw against hunters or, or, sure, the, sure. or the descriptions of hunters that sure. that they see,
0: which are completely like out of touch yeah, with reality. Yeah. They've and, moved away from that central point because it's, it's been lost in the argument for so long. Exactly. It's, as you said, it's been detracted from reality.
2: Exactly. And the same thing, like us hunters, like very often are, are very like prone to, to, make this same kind of enemy of the greens or the or the antis or what whatever. Like it's very easy to start building a like incredible pictures of them, which also tend to be out of touch with reality. And one, once we're like fighting these like strong men there not much is going to come out of that. Mm-hmm. But that's So that's, what's the future, yeah.
0: Alexi? What's the future in, for for wolves in Finland? Where are you right now in terms of does Finland have state control over wolves is it still sort of resting in the EU right now
2: well it's it's resting in the EU as it always is but now now when the when the uh, population has risen uh, into 300s, 400s... hundred four hundred didn't
0: I see something around along the lines of um, certain regions in Finland are now have a a, a quota for wolf hunting that's that's the that's the situation like this this year there was a uh,
2: we have this like legislation petition system where where like normal c- citizens can start a p- petition that the that the government has to take into account and the and last year the petition to start uh this licensed or or like wolf calling went through and the uh, the government did the necessary arrangements on how this could be arranged so that it's not against EU law, and now they've uh, granted 18, so uh, or uh, yeah, I think it was 18 uh, permits for for certain areas, and the the idea is that they are going to remove like whole packs, like of four, I think, from multiple areas, and those permits have been dealt for for areas which are seemed to. Uh, suffer from the from the wolf problem the most, and they mm. there are like two reasons for that. They have discovered that if there are wolves that have learned how to eat from uh, farms or or they've learned to attack wolves, there's no way to stop that. Attack the, dogs, you mean? Yeah, attack dogs. Yeah, yeah, that's important. Uh, the The only way to stop that is to remove the whole like pack. Once, like, as long as the 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 like alpha pair is there to teach the cubs that this is the way to hunt it's going to continue so removing the whole pack is necessary to to remove that problem and also the number of these like permits are is quite low since it is necessary for finland to be able to prove to eu that this hunting doesn't endanger the development of the species right. like right. forward so we are not able to and uh, we're not going to like diminish the number of wolves we are just like basically trying to grow them in a more controlled way so that's the current mm-hmm. situation from the from the government point of view and obviously like this connected with this this like identity conflict and connected with the mistrust that that the parties have between each each other the conservation uh, in, in when it comes to conservation and hunting Many people are furious about this. Like many people are, like considering this is as a crime against nature to permit this kind of uh, hunting for for a species that uh, is still develop
0: developing on on healthy levels mm-hmm. from from biological mm-hmm. point of view. The um, you, I, I didn't establish this in the beginning, but I think it's 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 um, a given. But let's establish it. You are a hunter, right, Alexi? Yeah. Would you like to hunt on a landscape with wolves or without wolves? It's a kind of difficult question. It's not a difficult question. It's a yes, no question, Alexi. Come on. I would
2: say, I would say, I would decide for yes in this one, since it is an animal on which, which like belongs to the ecosystem. It has a role here. And also like I, I'm, I'm aware of it that if there's no like control of wolves, if they are not hunted at all, if there's no hunting pressure to them, I am afraid of what that's going to do for like hunting possibilities. I'm not worried about the the game numbers, for example. So I don't see them as a like a competition for hunters in mm-hmm. that aspect. Mm-hmm. But I do think that being able to hunt safely with dogs does require some like Hunting pressure show, so I would. I guess my answer is with wolves in an environment where there's some sort of like control or or hunting pressure directed towards
0: wolves. I guess that's my
2: my answer there.
0: If we had asked the same thing of a Wyoming hunter or a Montana hunter, they would say probably the same thing that you just said. I think that most We like them would... wolves on the landscape. They're a part of the landscape. But they need to be managed, just like every other piece of wildlife on the landscape.
2: Mm. That's that's my point of view after after looking into into all sides of of, of the issues. And of course, one might say that since I am a hunter, I'm I'm like not free from all biases. But I don't think that anyone anyone is.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's just fascinating to. It's fascinating to see the corollaries between finland and the us Mm. and yeah you know everyone thinks that you live in your bubble right the us Mm. lives in a bubble of wolf issues and state management issues state resource issues living with wolves living without wolves Mm. and essentially this conversation has mirrored exactly the wolf conflict wolf issues uh, that are happening in the us and if we had the same conversation with someone in germany or someone in france Mm -hmm. or someone in norway they'd probably say exactly the same thing that we've said for the last 30 minutes
2: i i, I believe so there is one one uh, like factor here that needs to be taken into account and that's the, the 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 status of the of the conflict or or the timeline of the of the issue since it, that that the timeline seems to be very similar in in all countries but different countries are on different points of that timeline Mm. So in in Finland we've we've been dealing with wolves at the last like 100 years and for the last uh, 50 or so years like more actively so the so the situation has developed for a, for a long time we are like further down the timeline than for example some parts of of Germany are or the, the right, or, right. or the spread of, of wolves in in Denmark for example it's a it's a more recent, recent thing than, than it is in Finland so if you if you compare uh, Denmark and Finland today there are more similarities than differences but one difference there is and that's that's the timeline and, and how long the situation has developed and, and also it has something to do with the with general like um, polarization of of like the, the the culture and politics in in general because I think that that's also one one difference that that Finland and, and the states. Might have since, since at least looking from Finnish perspective, the the, the situation in discussion and the conversations in in the, in the states seem to look like really, really polarized, even even mm-hmm. compared to, to ours. So so how far down the polarization line is one is one difference also, but the, but there are very much more similarities than differences.
0: Well, I hope that uh, countries that are dealing with wolves you know look at countries like Finland and the US and see the trajectories and maybe evaluate the good and the bad and exactly. you know put in place uh, things that uh, make it a little bit more amicable across the board for people to engage in, in wolf management mm-hmm. um, regardless though, it's going to be controversial. It's, it is yeah as you said, it is tied back to our what you say our morality, our moral foundations. Exactly, And uh, as a human. Um, so I think there's always going to be conflict. Well, my man, go ahead.
2: I was to one, one thing. That's true. But the question is whether it's that that's going to be a good conflict or high conflict. And the high conflict mm-hmm. we need to avoid. Good conflict is, is healthy. Like yeah. ability to put different points of view against each other and like get forward. That's good. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. High conflict is the one
0: that we want to avoid agreed totally agreed my man well um i appreciate you jumping on man i think that this has been fascinating i think people get you know what i love about this podcast is people get insights from all over the world of people in in hunting and different topics that have hot button issues and the wolf is certainly the most hot button issue that we have in wildlife um so i appreciate you I appreciate what you do for us in in finland um and uh, tell everybody where they can find you, even though they may not be able to read everything that you produce because you write it in Finnish. But my, uh,
2: my Instagram is actually like mostly in in English, so so you can find it with the plexi p l e k s i. So
0: plexi at plexi.
2: Yeah, exactly. The there's a the there because there's some some imposter plexi there also without the without the. Damn oh, that imposter. Better. I know, I know. Yeah, but the, that's, the, that's the easiest place to find me. And if you are listening to this from Finland, obviously, like Blood Origins Finland in, in Facebook is a page that you should definitely join and if internationally, Blood Origins.
0: Absolutely. Alexi, you're the man. Thank you, my man. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.
1: After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. See Mint Mobile for details.